welcome everyone to Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and now, now I'm going to turn over to Telly, because I feel like that would be very weird to talk to you as the intro, but I am here with Telly of The Word Alive. We are backstage at House of Blues in Boston. Yeah. Telly, man, how are you in doing person. today? We're in person. In person this time, yeah. Yeah, round two. Round two, exactly. Uh, good, good, good. Overall, uh, this is the last House of Blues that we had to play, so. Oh, wow checked it off and uh i'm actually a diehard red sox fan so oh, okay uh you know looking at uh fenway and walking into the venue is you know not a bad day obviously you played massachusetts a bunch of times yeah but you haven't played this house of blues before correct this okay is, this is the only one we had not played wow and right. we were supposed to have played it but um due to a tour manager issue we missed our flight coming one tour we were I think it was the Motionless and White um, okay. Prada Tour, Zombie 5. Yes. I think okay. it was. Uh, we were we were literally getting on a plane, flying, and playing a show the day of um, from the UK to uh, here in Boston. And the flight info was changing. We went to the wrong imp- airport, and we missed the flight. We oh. had to pay like $8,000 <laughs> just to not miss any more shows. Wow. So yeah. we, mi- we missed it. And then this is our first uh, chance back. So that was four years ago now, I think it was. Yes, because and, I was here for that show. Yeah. And I remember that, but I didn't know the backstory of what actually happened. Yeah. We, instead of going to um, Heathrow, we went to, um, what is it, Boston? I can't remember. The, the other one. The, the, okay. the main gotcha. one. Sure. The other, like, actual, I didn't even know this until recently. So London Heathrow, which mm-hmm. is the airport. Most of my friends know of yes. in uh, for London is not actually the main airport, right? It, yeah, yeah. And it stops flying after like eight p.m. or something like There's that. There's something and, weird, yes. And uh, so, like, we basically got screwed. We went to the wrong airport, and then when we went to go to the other one, we couldn't make a flight because they had none. Ah, uh, okay. I I've lived in England before. Oh, okay. So that I am slightly familiar with, but yeah. I was younger when that occurred, so I know. Yeah. Most of the time, a lot of people, if you're going to go directly into London, a lot of it will be Heathrow, but I am also blanking on the name of the other airport. I'm going to, you can ask another question. Oh yeah, no, normally look. I I have to look it up now. (laughs) The other thing I do is I will normally fly into Liverpool or something like that as well. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you know anything about Premier League soccer at all, but Liverpool. Gatwick. Oh, Gatwick. Okay. Yes. There you yeah. go. There Which you is go. such a well strange done. name, so it's not one you're like, <laughs> could it be a Batwing? Could it be a bat- whatever? That's so, good. Gatwick. Yeah. Gatwick. Okay. So that's everything that happened. Well, yes. let me first. So we tonight, I got to see you guys live, which yeah. was awesome. Once again, I can't remember how many times. It's got to be like, I want to say eight times now that I've seen you guys almost live. Almost double digits. Yeah. Okay. Almost. Strong. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, it was a great show. And then now... We're backstage. We're talking. Yeah. So did you need time to actually like unwind a little bit to get your voice back? Or do you do you have no problem with that in general? Uh, no problem with that. Oh, um, I normally, most days I get off stage and I take about two minutes, maybe five, um, depending on how crazy the show was. If it's really crazy and I need to like catch my breath, probably take okay. about five minutes. But if it's like you know, just you know, it was a good show, yeah. or maybe it wasn't a good show. <laughs> uh, about two minutes, and then I normally go to the merch table um, yes. and uh, just try to meet as many people as I can and, during the set change um, on the tour. Um, and then I'll come back, eat dinner, hang out with some friends if they're sure. in town or whatever. And then normally I go uh, at the end of the night um, to the merch table. Um, Pretty, as as long as I'm feeling good and I don't have family in town, yeah. I'm, at, I'm at the merch table at the end. Oh, of the very day. nice. Okay. Now you mentioned having possibly a bad chill. How do you know if it's a bad chill? There's a range of reasons that could give a show a bad show um, title. So there were some security issues tonight, some mm-hmm. dropped kids, yes. which pretty much for me as a singer, I can't. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the people who are crowd serving, the people that are singing. Like I'm locked in with like right. what's coming my way. Um, so when someone hits the ground, I have one or two times before I just my whole show is pretty much ruined. One oh, wow. time is enough. 
um, so my mind wasn't really there, but I could also, which obviously the crowd couldn't know. So normally I would say something, mm-hmm. but I could hear that they were trying to get more security. Yes, so like they yeah. were aware of it and they were trying. So I'm like, I'm not going to try to belittle someone that is trying sure. and, you know, maybe it was their first day or maybe they'd never done a show like ours. They weren't expecting it. Or maybe because we're not the headliner, they weren't expecting it that early, ah, like, sure. which does happen. Right. Um, so like that was kind of on my mind. Um, and, um, yeah, it was kind of a weird show because massive turnout. Um, yeah. there's almost 2000 kids here tonight. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are people because it's Boston who want to pit and, yes. you know, they want to have a mosh pit. <laughs> but the reality of the situation is out of 2000 people, I'd say there's only about like 40 kids that really want to mosh. Right. right. So like we have those kids that like do want to do that or not even kids, you know, people, uh, most of them are probably adults now. Um, but that's just a reality of how it can go sometimes. But this is the first show of the whole tour where the mosh pit wasn't um, pretty intense, I guess at times. And uh, so, yeah, when you call for a, an, an OG wall of death and <laughs> it's like, here's thousands of people. And then, you know, the pits is whatever you're like, yeah. this is interesting. So it was just kind of a interesting show. Yes. Um, I would, I would agree. Yeah. Now, what about the whole, and I don't know if it's because it's our last night's 15th anniversary tonight mm-hmm. or not, but you were on very early. Yeah. Well, it was an early show in general. Yeah. Uh, there's a weird early curfew here, typically because of the businesses around it. True. But it actually doesn't apply today mm-hmm. because of Thanksgiving. Ah. But the law still applies. So even though no one is there to complain about <laughs> it, they have to abide by it. So um, and uh so they were like they they gave a 10 minute bonus basically they're ah, like okay. you know we got 10 minutes of this but so like the show's earlier and then before we were on, even on the tour because we actually joined the tour late yeah um the special guest there ended up being two like one was us for the whole tour and then one was life in your way right um so we joined on after they did so we played the two spot tonight which normally we would not have done exactly but we're like, we're not going to not play this show. Sure. So we're like, sure. fuck it. Yeah. Like, this is when we can play. It's Boston House of Blues' is the last one. We're like, doesn't fucking matter. Now we can check this off the list. Right. And that's all, you know. All we'll really remember from this show is like, it was cool to be a part of our friend's 15-year show. Yeah. One. And then two, um, we got to play the last House of Blues that we needed to play. So there you go. We checked off a, a list. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me also say, because we didn't start with this, but happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. This holiday is uh, its my favorite because you get two days off of work, but oh. you don't get that. I don't know about that Yeah, life. that is not your life. So if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> um, I d- yeah, I don't mind. Continue. <laughs> yeah, if, if you wouldn't mind going into a little bit of what a band's Thanksgiving is like. So we've had uh, a few variations. So there's the, you're on tour and you're in America Thanksgiving, right? which is usually spent at a Cracker Barrel, Waffle House, uh, maybe even an Applebee's. Um, One year we spent it at a truck stop in the middle of nowhere um, in 2014 or 15, I want to say. I'm going to do a shot with Zach. There you right go. Now. Nice. Cheers. Do you drink? Cheers, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I drink. There oh, here cheers. we go. There Cheers. We there we are. Nice. All right. Like Ian, Ian's smashing a, a tall boy. Oh, well, I he just did. killed a tall boy yeah, in one go. quick sip. Exactly. Yo, what up, is Zach? There we go. See, this is Thanksgiving now. Now that the shots are rolled out, that's Thanksgiving. So, uh, <laughs> woo, woo. So, yeah. So, there's the American Thanksgiving, and it can be anywhere. And, uh, more times than not, you're spent somewhere at like a chain restaurant or something that sure. stays open on Thanksgiving. This year, um, our good friend Jeremy Saffer, who's a, a world-renowned photographer um, who shot us many times, ton of bands, um, we were going to be playing Boston and we were coming from Montreal. So he was like, hey, I will, I'll host you guys if you have nowhere else to go. So the rest of the tour package went to a casino here in Boston. Oh yeah, Encore. Yeah, Encore. Yep. yep. And uh so we were like, 
you know what? We've had some really shitty Thanksgivings, and we kind of just want to chill with a good friend and uh, and you know eat good. Yeah. And Jeremy and his girlfriend Tara cooked us a huge meal, and it was incredible. Um, it was That's great, awesome. very relaxing. Um, we played video games, a lot of Mortal Kombat, <laughs> and uh, then we watched a really terrible but kind of funny, amazing movie uh, called Hell Baby. It has uh, actors from um, Reno 911. Sure. And uh, there's this this uh, TV show about fantasy football, basically. Oh, The League? The League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Reno 911 yep. meets The League meets awesome. a joke exorcist. It's kind of <laughs> right. somewhere in there. I like it's that. It's so good. I Like, I honestly, I laughed a lot. Yeah. Um, which it very much is intended to be laughed at. Good, good. But there's also like an element, there's certain things that happen where you're just like, this might be the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but for me, I love that. Right, right, right. Uh, like um, uh, Monty Python is like oh, sure. one of my favorite movies um, or just series in well, general. Series, but yeah, for sure. That, that humor where it's just like so ridiculous, so dumb, so over the top. A lot of people are like, "How? Why are you laughing? This isn't right. funny." And I'm like, are you, "I'm in tears." No, it's amazing. Right. So like that—that's this movie for me. <laughs> um, it was great, Jeremy. I I applaud uh, you picking this out for us. Um, then there's Canadian Thanksgiving, so there oh, no one's right. celebrating. Yeah. But you, the last one we had a few years ago in Ottawa, and it was there was a snowstorm and we played uh, a headlining set. We were on uh, I think it was the overdose tour with Volumes. Oh sure. And uh, we played this really shitty venue in Ottawa, and everything was closed but Tim Hortons, which Makes I actually sense. like Tim Hortons. Sure. Yeah. But it's not where you want to spend Thanksgiving. Sure. sure. So we were like, <laughs> you know, I guess I'll have three cups of chicken noodle soup. Um, so it did that. Then there's a European Thanksgiving, which is actually kind of cool because while they aren't celebrating, they recognize that you do. So every time it's been two or three times that we've celebrated Thanksgiving overseas, they create a Thanksgiving dinner for you. Oh, that's really nice. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you're like, wow, you care. And America, a is like, Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, they're like, we're actually home with our family. Sorry you can't be with yours. Right. I'll see you tomorrow. Exactly. Um, and then there's the band Thanksgiving where you're randomly home, uh, which is all of your family or friends. I've I've been home and only been... I've stayed in LA. I live in LA. Most of my family's in Ohio, Tennessee, Texas. Sure. Um, and so I've been able to go home and my family's like, you're here. This is crazy. Yeah, there you go. And then when I'm home with my friends, um, you know, they're also just like, you're here. Well, well, now we really... So Thanksgiving turns into like a raging party. Ah, um, okay. All right. Because basically my friends, for the most part, use me being home as an excuse to do what they really want to do, which is normally drink and play sure. games and celebrate, and which I'm totally fine with. I'm like, hey, you know, I appreciate you guys... Uh, you know, living your best lives. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's Thanksgiving as a band member. That's not terrible. And I liked all the different not, sections no. that you did. There. The, the only ones that are bad are like, I mean, Ottawa's pretty. When it's we're, just we're, like it's that. snowing. Right. It's just, but it wasn't even just like snowing, like pretty, like nice snow. It was mm-hmm. like slush. And it was just like just enough that it was snowing, but it was also just wet. Right. And which you live in Massachusetts, so oh, there's yeah. there's no way you don't experience it here. But you're just like it's worse. If I'm stepping through like pounds of snow, totally fine. Right. Slushy, but when it's slushy and yeah. cold and kind of raining but yep. kind of snowing, that's the worst. Right. It's the worst weather on the planet. No, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, at some point, Massachusetts is going to get that. We're going yeah. to get there. It's just not. It's there usually yet. January, February, isn't it now? Sometimes it's been starting in in as early as October really yeah it's this year is a weird weird phenomenon where it hasn't happened yet you got you gotta move to the west coast look i'm i'm <laughs> texas I'm oh okay texas. Yeah, okay so i miss it every single what what brought day. you here i actually don't know any of this story so i'm an air force brat okay so yeah. my parents moved around all the time hence yeah. the living in england I yeah yeah in germany and everything so cool. i have tried to get back to texas i have no family there anymore but 
That's I, what feels like home? Yes. All the time. It was a whole, you know, in every school, three high schools, eight middle schools, like all that kind of stuff. I was always bullied for being the new kid. Texas uh, was the only place you're, where you're, it didn't happen. I don't know if people know this. You're not a small human people being. People don't know that. It's it's funny. People assume I've had people that dislike the shows that like to post things about me and they don't realize that I'm 6'5 and I know how to handle myself. So I'm I'm not going to lie. When I pictured you, I pictured you as 5'7, sure. small, like still bullied, but could do nothing about it. That's how I pictured you. Not I was like, but he's like got through it and is like a nice guy. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, so now I know that you got through it and you basically could have just body slammed everyone. Yes. Yes. And, I, but I probably chose but probably chose not to, like at the time. <laughs> no, actually, believe me, I, I did fight back oh, but when okay. you had oh yeah, but when you had twenty to thirty people fighting you at the same time. That many? Oh yeah. You can't do anything about it. This is in Texas. No, no, no. Texas was the good place. Okay. It's the other states. Okay. It's the other states. And once you were, when I was in England and Germany. I was going to say, because in Texas, just because my, I was, uh, my mom would have had me in Texas last second decided to move back home to Ohio. So wow. I was almost, I was almost born in Lubbock, Texas, actually. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and th- which there are a lot of, uh, army kids out there, yes, but, sure. um, in Texas, it's almost like if you're a bully, chances are you're probably going to get your ass kicked because people stand up for the little guy right which you're not little but you know they they people like to stand up for that which is actually where i grew up same kind of thing though like people would pick on people and then i learned maybe it's from my father but i learned like you always stand up for the person who can't defend themselves so luckily when i was younger me and one of my best friends we became kind of more popular kids through sporting events stuff but i got picked on um and that didn't last very long because i was not i was just like all right oh cool oh you're a bully oh big surprise like you know and they didn't get any enjoyment out of picking on me right um but I also, my dad is 6'4". My yeah. grandpa is 6'5". There you go. My grandma is 6'2". Wow. My uncle is 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> Both of my brothers are taller than me, yeah. um, which doesn't mean shit. I definitely can still take them. There you go. But uh, I grew up, basically, I'm like, my grandma hits harder than you. There so, you like, go. I, it didn't really affect me. No. Um, but also, I didn't have them moving around. Right. Like, which people don't realize when you're a kid, like... Moving around is very hard. Yes. And I only know that more now from it, talking with fans who they share their stories and they're like, the hardest part is every time I start to feel like I'm where I belong or this might be cool, I move. Yes. And right. so I, I obviously, I sympathize from, I can't say I share the exact emotional attachment to that situation, oh, but- sure. I can definitely relate to it and feel like, okay, I, I can understand like how hard that could be. For sure. And I appreciate that, obviously. And then also, I liked what you mentioned, too. So I also lived in Ohio multiple really? times. Yep. By the Air Force Base? Uh, yeah. Jackson, Jackson okay. Ohio, which was Southern. Yeah. And then actually, right now, my parents live in Cincinnati. Oh, they the Nasty moved. Natty. Yep. The nasty That's where my natty. first band uh, was from. I went and joined a band in Cincinnati. Um, oh, I, I mean, I te- technically, I started my very first band in Dayton, Ohio. Right. Local band, friends from school, mm-hmm. whatever. My first band that we were like, let's be like a band. It's from Cincinnati. Um, and I practiced in Over the Rhine, um, which oh, was, uh, okay. at the time, top 10 worst areas in America. Right. Very high crime rate, death rate. Um terrible if you know the Vinnie bogarts it's it was bordering over the rhine uh and me and one of my best friends who actually got me into like metal like in flames um uh just uh, a bunch i'm spacing right now but like every band that i listened to in that world Mm -hmm. um which is actually more of where i got my start i didn't get started in like quote-unquote scene music um per se it was more like in flames was the most commercial band that screamed that i probably listened to at the time wow, okay uh then came like Ludacris, became norma jean under oath but okay. under oath was like 
super heavy, uh, went to uh, their only chasing safety, changed ah. the game. Yep. That was when I transitioned from like really heavy to uh, to like um, the used. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah. Taking back Sunday, under oath, those bands. Yeah. Um, but so Cincinnati was a birthplace of a lot of music, but is a dangerous area. It very was. dangerous area. I'm not sure. Is it still? Because when I went there, it's I knew much this- better. Yeah, much better. So uh, my boy Levi from Miss May I, oh, yeah. uh, for a while, they bought a storefront for Versa Limited um, before he had sold that um, and bought it in over the Rhine. And then uh, it was kind of gentrified, turned into a cool area, and then it became like it's kind of the nice area to go now. Yeah. Which happens so many cities. Um, and so now, like, there is no real, like, scary part of Cincinnati. Right. There's not great parts of town like there are in sure. anywhere. But back then, it was like you were walking down the street and there's people, like, literally just carrying guns and knives. And you're like, all right. Uh, the, the cops stopped patrolling at 5 p.m. there. Wow. Like, it was a thing um, yeah. when our practice space that we had, uh, they were like, leave your windows rolled down. Um, because if you don't, they'll break into your car and they'll assume you have something to hide. Exactly. Right. So you literally were like, you could steal my car. You could go inside my car, but it's better than you breaking out my window. Exactly. Uh, so that's Cincinnati, I mean, 12, 13 years ago. Right. Um, it's grown a lot and it's, it's doing much better. Even Bogarts, which is the venue I grew up going to yep. is better and better and, and nicer and I, I, see, I love playing there yeah i see bands now go there and i'm like oh i wish i was actually visiting family because then i could go over and see those bands i yeah. don't get to it's so. sick yeah no, it's no really the nice. venue itself hasn't changed too much okay uh, feel, uh the first time i ever went there was 2004 or mm-hmm. five uh and it was to see inflamed kill switch engage nice. uh anemic um oh. and it was a really sick show yeah um i'll figure out what the other band was afterwards but (laughs) yeah so i went and it was the first time i got in a mosh pit was at bogart's the first time i crowd surf was at bogart's (laughs) um my sister-in-law actually broke her back during our show in the same almost the same place i broke my back during the same song in the same part wow so we have a rule in our family now: no crowd surfing yeah. during life cycles. Exactly. Uh, you're probably going to break her back. So, but that happened at Bogarts. She wow. she broke her back at Bogarts. What a crazy story! Yeah, huh. like well, two months before her wedding, and I was what like, a worst time. I was like, it's going to take you that full two months to get back. But back, in, yeah. in that moment, I was just like, oh god! I was like, this is my fault. Like basically. Oh. I wouldn't put that on you, but I'm, I'm I felt, sure she I didn't felt it. it. Yeah. She didn't. She's okay. great. Right. She's great. Well, now we could go in. Believe me, I could tell you stories and stories. I, in order to not be bullied at worst time. bullying. Tell me that. Like oh, worst bullying worst story. Bullying. Oh, because there's people it's that are so going to hear sad. this that yeah, are yeah. have been bullied. I don't. But the problem is, I don't know if I have anything to help with it because my whole thing was always stand up against the bullies. But it's not like. It's not like the movies and TV shows. I was about to say the movie. It's not. It's not like movies and TV shows where you stand up for yourself and then people go away. True. They come back with more people. Yeah, and yeah. And that's what ended up happening. But I can tell you for sure, this is the saddest thing that ever happened. I would say, besides physical, because physical never bothered me. Physical yeah. is like you take punches, Same. You do whatever. Yeah, that's. that's I'm fine. like, uh, I, I will. I will be better. Yeah, and this is fine. I'm going to get some swings out, and I always love that quote, even though I'm sure in different situations you shouldn't do it, but that whole, I would rather die on my feet than serve on my knees. I I have lived by that in a lot of aspects. I Obviously, you're a large person. I am 5'9", right. not, but I grew up, like I said, with large family members. My dad would... Uh, I have one story in particular. I was getting bullied by a, a kid in my street. Uh, he was beating my ass in front of my house. Wow. And I ran up. My, there, I, saw my, I saw my dad <laughs> watching through the window. Yep. And I'm like kind of confused. Run up to the front door. Open the door. I'm like, Dad. I'm like, he's he's hurting me. He's beating me up. I'm like, do something. And my, I'm like crying. And uh, my dad was like, what's your last name? Oh. And I was like so confused because 
I just expected him to like maybe beat this kid up. Right. Uh, I'm 12 years old at the time. Yeah. Uh, he was like, "What's your last name?" I was like, "Sniffling." I'm like Smith. He's like, "Then you finish your own fight." And he closed the door wow. on me. And it's <laughs> some people might be like, "Children's services call." Uh, for me, it was one of the best life lessons for I sure. ever learned. Right. Uh, my dad stood in the window and watched me finish the fight, get my ass beat. And then he helped clean me up, and he was like, I've never been more proud of you. There you go. Um, and he was like, I don't wish bad things upon you, but he's like, I'm not always going to be able to be here. Exactly. I won't be able to help you out every time something happens. And he's like, there are, there are these people in your life that will just always do this. Exactly. Sometimes it will be physical. Sometimes it will be mental, emotional. And yep. he's like, you can't rely on someone else to just bail you out. You have to finish your own fight. Exactly. Um, which sometimes I also agree is not necessarily the advice I give in every situation um, because some people, you know, it, the best thing to do is walk away or sure. the best thing to do is just be like not give them the the justification or to, to feel validated in what they're doing, right. um, which sometimes means either taking your punches and your licks and just going. Um, sometimes, you know, it's just not reacting to what they really want from you, which is to feel bigger than you. Sure. Um, right. And, but when you let someone just do what they got to do, like at the same time, they're coming from such a place of pain. Like they're pro now that I'm older, I'm like, well, they're probably getting their ass beat at home and sure. they're, they're having so many other things. It's not that I don't judge them. I just, f I feel more sorry for them. Right. Right. It's, it's one of those things where you kind of wish maybe you had known that kind of thing when you were younger, but absolutely, there's only so much your your brain can handle. Yeah, you can't process. You can't no. process. No, because everything is about what you're going through in your life at that time. So how are you supposed to deal with yeah. other people's trauma and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I've known people that bullied me who are dead now mm. because they, you know, they didn't make it past high school. Yeah. Like that's what happened. But I will tell you, <laughs> with people in the room, it doesn't matter to me. So the saddest thing that ever happened was. When I went to a school in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania was the worst, absolute worst with bullying and, and situations like that. And what had happened was I had had so many instances with people where literally someone would throw, because I was always that whole, another cliche, uh, if someone shoots a pea shooter at you, you shoot a cannon mm -hmm. back. So if someone like threw a piece of food at me at, uh, at lunch, I would stand up and take a soda and walk over to them and pour it on their head. Something like that. Okay. I have scars on my hand here on my I can, arm. I can, I can, I can say those yes. From, I can see those these. Are, those are from getting uh, like stuffed in a locker and pulling my like jamming my hand oh, back, like things yeah. like that. Yeah. So in that particular school, I had so many of these issues that at one point the principal and vice principal called me down to the office, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to the office again. Whatever." I show up, and there around the table is fourteen or fifteen of the bullies. And the principal and the vice principal sat me down and said, okay, all these people are going to tell you what's wrong with you so that you can fix this so that they won't bully you anymore. What? And I tell you, if that happened today, I would own that school. Oh, yes. But that was what it was like, you know, 20 years ago. Jeez. And I was like 10. Yeah. It was bad. That's... So that is the saddest possible thing that could ever happen, I think that's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Yeah. And that it makes bad. me want to punch that principal in the face. I wish I remembered his name because I moved around oh, so much. It's tough. Man. But like at that time, that was so what part I, of what part of PA was that? Uh, over by Lancaster. So they're a little behind the times. They were. <laughs> I'll be Amish. <laughs> I love Lancaster as far as the shows. Chameleon club. Oh yeah. Great. No, there's some great ABR. Stuff. Love you guys. Uh, yeah. People. Who aren't in this scene right. are all living in the past. Yes. Right. Every single person and everything is black and white. Everything is, oh, you're not like this? Well, you're a problem. Right. So the principal probably was viewing you as the cause of why they acted the way exactly. they did. Like yep. you were the one that was had the problem. Right. So, which is so backwards and so fucked up. Right. But, but hey. This isn't about, it shouldn't be about me, believe me, it shouldn't be. But that was, I ended up going, uh, I was going semi-pro soccer at one point, I had okay. knee surgeries, that's why. What position do you play? Uh, so I started as central defense, yeah. and then made my way to forward. I was forward. Yeah. Yeah, I played 
Uh, basketball, soccer, baseball, track and field. Oh wow, you did a ton. The, yeah, yeah. Sports so- were my life. Ex- same like, here. Like, same here. Music came later, mm-hmm. and it was honestly, I mean, still to this day, my first love is sports. Sure. Music is a therapeutic, great thing that accents the emotion and everything that comes from the fire that was built through sports for right. me. Right. Um, which is why being in a band is very team oriented, mm-hmm. like is so natural oh, for me for sure. um, because ultimately it's very similar to sports. No, absolutely. And music was always something I was doing while I was playing sports, failed bands, all that kind of stuff. But we talk about bullying. I never talked out loud to people normally until doing radio and doing the podcast and everything i was a very introverted person i still am in many situations but i love the chance to be able to talk to people that have changed my life with their music like i love music so much it's great to be able to talk to people like you about everything going on and what makes you tick and putting that personality to the music itself uh i thought i told you this the last time i spoke but maybe not it's a very unknown thing overall in in my career i had a stuttering problem mm-hmm. and I went to speech therapy. I rode the short bus to school. Um, being a lead singer in a band literally goes against everything that is normal in my soul. Right. Uh, I'm not the most outgoing person. I'm not the center of attention, even though I'm a Leo, <laughs> uh, but I am very much content with being behind the scenes, all these things. Um, but once I'm comfortable, comfortable, that's when that side can come out. And um, but what I learned through sports, through things, is that people kind of take hold of a personality, or they take hold of uh, an, an emotional connection or an experience. And so, like when I would do great in sports, people would be like, "I love you," and this is great. Right. And I'm like, "This is just a." piece of me that's not really me but it was a it was a gateway into someone actually knowing me right and uh so i love sports and i love trying to be the best i could possibly be not so much so that i would be celebrated but more so so that someone would actually get to know me Uh, um which is why i battle so much i think online with people and perception (laughs) of myself in a band is i believe in my ability i know like I'm good at what I do, but I also understand the fact that like I could sing perfectly every night and there will still be people that just don't like it or it's not for them or whatever. And I've come to terms with that and I understand that my goal is not to reach those people. My goal is to just be me and open up the gateway so someone can actually get to know me right. or maybe they feel more themselves than they feel in other situations and maybe they're at a show and they're like what this guy's saying like really like it resonates with me and i'm gonna maybe live my life a little bit more like how i actually want to live it and this was just a push so that's kind of like where i'm at now because i'm i'm 33 like i have nothing to prove i'm not trying to be like the new guy coming out and doing something crazy um i love to sing i love to scream i love to make noise uh but above all of those things like i just love that i have a similar story to so many people and sure. um and i love that i can sit back and i can be like you know what? i really still resonate with that life even more than i do with like the touring right. life like this has been just this thing that happens to me like everything that happened pre like me touring is like more real life almost I see. or off tour is more yeah. real life for me right on tour is like it's like uh going to laser tag you know you're doing this thing you're against people you're with people you have this target you're trying to win but it ultimately doesn't matter i see so that's yeah. kind of what like touring is wow. in a weird way i've never heard it put like that before that's very interesting yeah. wow. it's you, you it, it's like it, at the end, you know, you come in third place, you're like, I still had fun. Right. That's yeah. what touring to me should be like. Interesting. Well, look, I got to switch this around for a second because if I don't ask these questions, I know I'm not going to get okay. to them. Get, because we, get. we had talked about this at the very end of the show last time. So you, besides being in The Word Alive, mm-hmm. are in or were in two of my all-time favorite bands as well. You were in In Fear and Faith 
and you were in Greeley Estates. Yeah. Can you please, I don't think I know these stories. I know a lot about the scene, but I don't know these stories of why you went from in fear and faith so quickly to Greeley Estates and then we're gone so quickly from that. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit about that? I think most people don't. Um, and partially because I think when I left in fear and faith, one, we were all so young um, and they were very upset with me and bitter in a way. But, but now, and even early on into our careers where I had switched uh, to Greeley and then the word alive, um, they quickly realized that they were the problem um, wow. in a lot of ways. Um, and not to be like mean to them, but like they were just, I wasn't meant to be in that band. I, see. Um, I love them. Most of us are still friends. We still oh, talk. Um, we can all laugh about all the dumb shit we did when we were kids. And we're like, sure. oh, I was pissed about this one thing. And we're like, that doesn't even matter. Right. Um, so like, we're all like grown ass men now. And we're like joking about these things. While um, realistically at the time, it felt like the biggest thing in the world. And right, right. I basically, what happened is we were on one of our first tours ever. I broke my ankle first day of the tour. Right. At a showcase theater in Corona, California. I stayed on the tour, which unfortunately became a trend for me in my career. Yes. Uh, um, and none of them really cared that I stayed on tour. Ah, okay. Uh, I ended up borderline getting pneumonia um, on the tour, and um, they were pretty much into the party scene at that time and not really understanding, like, if you're a singer, you need to s sleep and do all these things. So, like, I wasn't sleeping a lot, blowing out my voice, um, just rough shape, didn't feel appreciated, didn't feel welcomed. Um, and then I brought it to the attention of one of the you know founding members and i was like hey this situation is irreparable it's him or me and he was like totally i understand i see it but then ultimately didn't do anything about it oh, okay. because he i think thought in his mind at that time that it would just work itself out sure um and it didn't and when i saw that it didn't played the cd release show and then i quit uh, about two days later yeah because in, in my mind i was like I can picture the next five years and this isn't going to get better. That's very um, smart. So, and I've been that way most of my life where I'll give you everything I've got mm -hmm. and then some, but if I hit the point where I'm like, I know you won't do the same for me, I'm probably going to be out. Right. Um, so that's what happened with that because we had done a showcase as in fear and faith uh, at the time, Stuart Taggart, uh, who, uh, ran Science Records, who at the time I Greeley, plus a fall. Uh, who else? I'm was working with Hurley Studios and doing the new Seosin record with oh, Cove okay. at the time. Okay. So I actually heard Cove sing on Seosin before a lot of people did. Oh, wow. Because okay. I was trying out for Bless a Fall after ah, In Fear yes. and Faith right. while they were finishing their first record with Cove. Gotcha. Um, and I was like, damn, this shit's sick. <laughs> uh, but so I was trying out for Bless Fall because I had done the showcase within Fear and Faith and they were, uh, the Stuart came up to me after the show and he said, call me when you quit this band. Ah, okay. Which at the time I was like, you're just another suit and whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'm not leaving my band. I'm like, it's all of us or no one. Right. Well, when I realized I wanted to quit in Fear and Faith, I literally called him immediately. That's amazing. And uh, so then I was like, okay, what's up? And... Uh, so then I tried out for Bless of Fall, um, and I almost got that spot. But during that process, Greeley lost their bass player, right. and they had mostly finished the record Go West, Young Man, Let the Evil Go East, which is still to this day an amazing record. Oh, amazing. I think it's a timeless record in, in so heavy music. Good. If more, if a million more people, if every person who'd ever listened to from first to last, bring me the horizon. Had heard that record. Yes, Greeley could have been massive they because been. it is so good. Their whole still, discography still is great, amazing. So I tried out, and they're like, "Well, you're maybe gonna get the spot for Blessed Fall, but you're one hundred percent gonna get the spot for uh, Greeley. They okay. will take you yesterday." Damn. Um, they're like, "But they want to meet you first. So I met them and I honestly, we all like fell in love with each other like right away. We're nice. like perfect fit, love them. Basically the whole goal when I joined the band was uh, taking back Sunday approach. I was going to be the John Nolan 
to Adam Lazara, Ryan Zimmerman being uh, Adam. Um, And it worked. Yeah, it did. Until, give me a a little. Yeah, he needs a little bit of that first. Yo, this is now uh, Devin Oliver and Telly's uh, interview. There we Uh, go. Telly, uh, how long have you been this sexy? Like, <laughs> I need to know. Stop stealing my questions. Um, well, honestly, now that you're here and 10 to midnight has gone into effect, um, pretty much since I've met you, MySpace Cafe, probably. Ever, ever since I've known him, he's always been sexy. Agreed. But every color, this new hair, I'm just <laughs> like, I can't even be around him anymore. You know what I mean? It's too much. Of it's a little bit of a uh, an ego killer. Oh, okay. yeah. Gotcha. You know, so uh, we're gonna take a shot on that note. Here Do we it. Go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. You're with he's us. Holding, right yeah, now. he's holding the microphone as he's taking the Jameson shot. There it is. Well done. <laughs> Oof. Oh, he swallowed it. God, I got it on my yeah, face too. I did one. one, but it wasn't in the mic. So here we go. There you go. It's in the mic. There it is. This is the glamour, kids. <laughs> this is what we go through on a daily basis. Jameson. There's n- there's okay. not a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's a lie. But um, but we're we've lived that life. Now it's mostly like bros, sleep, sleep, and rock and roll. Oh, there you like, go. Yeah. Bros, sleep, and rock yeah. Sleep. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's where we're at in life. <laughs> like, make a t-shirt. yeah. Me and me and Devin are basically well, look, married now. Like, so it's like our girlfriends. If you're listening to this right now, we oh, love you. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you, and uh, let's hang out brunch. Got a great spot when go. we all get back home. <laughs> oh, we love you. We appreciate you, but you'll <laughs> never give me what Telly gives me. I'm sorry, Yazzie. You'll just it'll never happen. All right. Link, please. Yazzie, I'm gonna send you the link to this interview. I will oh, yeah. literally send this to her. <laughs> Love you, bud. By the way, what's really what's really funny is seeing you guys. We're around the same age. I've seen Devin. Oh, he was a child. The Paradise, yeah, like at the Paradise and the Palladium, as yeah, a teenager. Devin to me is like my little brother because I'm I'm 33 now. Yep. Uh, I think Devin is 27, 28. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, which. He's been touring since I think he was 14 or 15. Yeah, it'd have to be around there. It's very similar to Trevor from our last night, yes, who sure. was oh, 12 yeah. oh, when they started. Ridiculous. Unreal. Yes. They're playing their 15-year show tonight. Love those boys. Props to them. Happy For to be sure. a part of the show. Insane oh, that yeah. this little child became this guy exactly. that we're friends right and touring. No, that's insane. All right, sorry. So back to Greeley, you decide... Greeley... So I, I I'm jo- I'm joining the band under the pretense that I'm going to be basically the singer of the band moving okay. forward on the next record. Okay, gotcha. um, they loved my voice. They were like, and I play guitar and bass. I yep. write songs. The word alive. Um, they were like, we want this, but we really love your voice. Well, while I was in the band, Ryan started to lose his voice more. Yeah, and they decided they wanted to go way heavier, but they didn't tell me. So okay. we start writing for the next record, which no would rain, be No, no Rain, Rainbow. No Rainbow. Yep, sure. And it was basically death metal. <laughs> and I, we were writing the songs, and I'm like, I, I don't know where I fit in here. So that was happening a few months prior to that. Not even a few months, a month and a half, two months prior to that. The Word Alive demos got sent to us because we're all Arizona boys. Yep. And uh, I was like, dang, I was like, this is actually what I want to be doing. I see. But I never said anything, and it was completely private at that point. Well, Zach was a huge fan of In Fear and Faith. So when Craig joined Escape the Fate and was like, the word alive, I want to make you my side project, basically what Dead Rabbits is now. Yes. They were like, no, (laughs) no, we're really good, and we all just quit everything to do this, so we're going to go full-time. They they asked him to leave. They had some tryouts. Um, they had some very prominent people throughout the scene. Um, some friends of mine actually. Sure. Um, and I ended up trying out, and I got the spot. And yeah, the last eleven years is history. Now that's amazing. So uh, I, the twenty fifth was eleven years. Twenty fifth. Wow. Well, uh, November twenty fifth. Eleven that's years. Congrats on that for sure. And look, not 
by the way, saying that it was bad that you left those bands. It just no, happened to be shit that. happens. Yeah. Like, I think in... at that time in the scene, though, when you left bands and you joined another one, it was this huge thing. Yes. Now, I think most people are like, well, they're human beings and they should just do what they want to do. Exactly. Like, so it's gotten better. Yes, for sure. Now, another person that you brought up while you were talking, Cove Reber. Yeah, yeah. He He's... is now with Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, another one of my favorite you... bands. I'll tell you a secret Please. if you let me go to the bathroom yes. real, hey, this real is, quick. This is easy to pause. Okay, let's now. pause it. All right. Okay. All right. We are back from being unpaused. <laughs> this felt like nothing to you guys. For me, you know, Telly was in there for like two hours. It's crazy. <laughs> but we are, we are back. Right now. Went down the street, hung out with some friends, That's came right. back, yeah. you know. You never moved. Yeah. When I say plan, your I tall boy is still not done yet, though. It's not. I have a little bit left. Uh, I didn't want to get dry mouth. You, know you, what I you, mean? you, you ask the question, then finish that before, like, you, <laughs> you ask the question. Chug, I'll answer the question, and then we'll be on the even playing field. Okay. All right. So we mentioned before you went to the bathroom that Cove Reber has gone ahead and he's joined Scary Kids, Scary Kids, one of my favorite bands, and you had a specific story that you wanted to tell everybody. Yeah. Cove, friend, uh, great dude, um, I think has so much potential um, to be still a superstar within our world, our scene, uh, an iconic voice. So he's doing those shows, filling in basically. Um, and you know, his, his, his take on it was like, he was like, I want to let everyone know, like, this isn't so much me replacing, this is us celebrating. Right. Um, and, which I thought was really great. For um, sure. and that speaks to the kind of person that Cove is. He's not trying to do this to have some sort of, claim to anything uh you know he's really of just about the environment and this the situation we actually got asked to do all those shows see i was going to ask that yeah we're all friends um and it, it didn't work out based off of some other touring stuff we have sure. for next year um but we got asked to be a part of those shows and it was very hard for us to say we can't i'd imagine um i wish nothing but the best for all of them and i want those shows to be absolutely insane right um we have played with scary kids um me and tyson became friends i actually hung out with him two weeks before he passed wow uh there's a photo that i have of uh me him uh my my a couple of my friends from fullerton california um and we're all like having a good time and he just wasn't there and his eyes you could see it and um at the time should have known but but when you don't do heroin and you're not on those hard drugs you don't really know it's at that point and um but had i known it the writing was on the wall um and it was really hard but what i do love about cove uh, in particular which i really wanted to say is that you know he's not coming to replace tyson he's not coming in there he's like there are people who want to sing those songs. There are people who want to celebrate Tyson, who want to celebrate that music. Yep. I love those songs. I love them. So um, I, I think there might be a show I might be able to go to, okay. and, and, and I want to. Um, I, I wish my band would have been able to play those shows. Right. Um, but at the same time, if they continue on and Cove ends up you know, taking that band and the mm-hmm. celebration forward and he becomes a member of the band i hope their fans really embrace him um and really because he is doing it for the right reasons and they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done this without someone like cove right um so and i think he's gonna crush it yeah i would hope so too i mean i had puyan yeah. on the show yeah so yeah. that was a big i mean i've reached old homie chat for back yeah, in the day stuff this is it was a big deal for me to have him on the show yeah and i know that they are going Puyon to is the nicest member of that band he was super nice no offense to chad <laughs> <laughs> well chad but, never got back to my but Puyon so is literally like i remember back in the day 2009 the word alive is playing uh i think it was unsilent night it was one of my first shows with the word alive actually oh, wow. Uh, we play this huge fil- uh, festival billing. Uh, Mike Zemer is the promoter who's awesome. done every big Texas Everything. festival. Yep. He was the first promoter who ever believed in like me oh, within okay. fear and faith. Yeah, yeah, right. Translate all these years forward. So when he's or had originally sent the offer, it was when Craig was still in the band. Okay. When he found out it was going to be me, he was like, I'm going to increase the offer. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Just to show them that I believe in you, I like see. label, manager, whoever. Right. And, uh, and we crushed that show, but um, Scary Kids had an issue with their drum set, and we, like, helped them out. And Puyon was just, like, hanging out the whole time, and that was yeah. when we first met, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so that was, that was 10 years ago. Wow. And he was just so nice and down to earth. So, yep. I mean, and Chad's been great. Met him on a couple of occasions. I think the last time I saw him was probably at the Bled show oh, like, oh yeah years right. ago yep. mm-hmm. um and all those guys have been like so influential in the scene and even in my career yeah um so i'm stoked to have them back and no, me too see hopefully they keep going you know that would be the hope i the tough part i guess is that cove is also in dead american dead american so, yeah. and killing it in that band that ep they put out was really really good i think doing double duty will do them good I, I, I hope so. I think singing all that stuff for Scary Kids and then doing all the screaming and everything, and the, I think it's going to make him even more well-rounded, and I think he's hopefully going to you know, be able to do a lot more with either band or both. Right. Well, the issue would be, and I guess this is something that he'd have to answer, and I hope, because I'm hoping they come up, I know they're doing East Coast. The question yeah. will be if they do make it to Boston, obviously I will definitely be there. But the question would be, does he have another issue with like Seosin? If it's not, I mean, everyone has their own opinion on that story, but if it is something to do with his vocals, will he be able to do something like that? I know they passed up their issues because he did that whole, he came over and he did features in 2018 on that Mm -hmm. show, and he was awesome. Yeah. So you would hope that that wouldn't happen again, or if that was just lies in the first place. I think it's similar to, like, uh, on a different scale, obviously, because Seosin and, you know that crew have met so much more of the scene than even anything I've ever been a part of. But when I was in inferior faith struggling, we're younger, all these things I left, I came back and did guest vocals for them on both a recording and, um, live right. on a warp tour set and a headliner. And I felt so much better when I did the guest vocals and I came back. Sure. I think, cove is definitely a product of like environment time everyone was younger come from anthony uh who's obviously a legend within the scene right you you know like for me like quote unquote filling craig's shoes was never really a thing in my mind for sure um my goal was just to be me but i also understand some people like when you feel that actual pull to like try to be replace someone it does weigh on you more I think Cove's just as amazing as anything he's ever done. I think he's probably needed to be in the best situation for him where he feels pushed, pulled into a place where it's leading to the best version of himself. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky enough to not have that feeling of like my band being like, oh, well, you need to do this. And oh, well, blah, blah, blah. I would have done this. Like. Let, and let alone the crowd, the fan base too. Most right. of the World of Life fans accepted me from day one. So that's been a huge part of like my success right. individually exactly. is, was having that, you know, passion like that I was exuding returned right back to me. Exactly. And I think what you said also about Cove respecting, giving a celebration to Tyson and not trying to take over. Cause I, I brought this up with Puyan, but he's been, he's been out of the scene for a long time. But yeah. I brought up, I was saying, you guys are doing it right because you're showing respect for Tyson. And then I brought up the the tour with uh, Static X uh, where they brought Ensel Dope on to like dress up. As, yeah. And it was just so like I get it, but also it was uncomfortable. So weird. Yeah. yeah. It, it was uncomfortable. Very it, was uncomfortable. A sore, it was a sore subject for a lot of people. And, yeah. And very uh, divisive. Um, Absolutely. I think there's no divisiveness with this situation. No. I think everyone's just like, we're happy to have you guys sing these songs and we're happy to have someone who respects right. what that legacy is and met. Absolutely. No, no, for sure. Well, let me, I'm looking at the time right here. Wow. We have gone almost an hour. We got to actually talk some word alive. Yeah. Sure. sure. So the new single burning your world down is awesome. Thank really, you. really great. Believe me, I would tell you, I'd be like, yeah, that's not really that great. Right. It's very, very good. <laughs> it turned out very well live yeah. as well. So that's the direction I'm assuming for the new album, which is coming out in 2020. Is it? Or uh, that's that's what I got to ask. <laughs> I got to know. Uh, it is and isn't. Okay. All right. 
this is definitely, and bands say this, but like, and I think we've said it even, like, this is our most diverse record. Very cool. I will say this is, this is heavier than Dark Matter or Violent Noise as a whole. The lighter songs are not light as in a, you feel good. Like, whereas on the last record you had like the song Runaway, Mm -hmm. um, there's no song like that. There's no happy-go-lucky song on this record. Um, When you do have a song that is lighter, um, it's dark, it's sad a lot of times. Um, A lot of the things that I've gone through in the last couple of years um, will definitely come to light more on this record. Um, But what I feel is like the, the connection of the listener to these songs is going to be really in depth. Oh, wow. Um, I think burning your world down to me, I, I think it's my seventh favorite song on the record. Wow. Maybe eight. Damn. All right. Um, and we were like, this is just like a tip of the iceberg, but we were like, sh- it shows that we're not like going like full, like lighthouse, you know, like sure. we're not going there. Um, and I think with the last record you even saw, like, Why Am I Like This is the fastest growing song we've ever had. Mm-hmm. We have Misery. We have Trapped. We have Red Clouds. We yep. have Overdose. We have uh, Made This Way, Face to Face, Dreamer. There are so many songs with substance and yep. depth, and they're they're all, for the most part, darker. Sure. This record takes everything we have been building since real, really, mm-hmm. Um and it brings some of the elements back of Deceiver, Life Cycle is Real, but in a way that is like realistic for us. Okay. There are some of the hardest, shreddiest guitar parts that have happened for the Word Alive in years, half a decade, but it's in a way that is very much for the song and the emotion of the song. Okay. It's not the whole song. We don't have a single song in this record that the whole thing is just the craziest guitar parts you could ever come up with. Sure. But there are songs that have the craziest guitar parts. Ah, okay. And, uh, and for us, like we just, we spent so much time, we spent so much effort on just dialing in the songs, the energy, the effort within every individual member. Um, we really, for the first time talked about the lyrics together in oh, a room. Okay. And we're like, this is what the song is about. This is what it means, what it feels like. What does that feel like to you? I want you to write a guitar part that feels that way for you. Interesting. Um, So everyone's playing parts that speak to them, Mm -hmm. but also speak to the overall message of the song. And we've never done that before. Wow. Um, So I'm very excited about this record, as anybody should be about any record they do. Right. And I hear that all the time where everyone's just like, you say it's your darker record, your more (laughs) real record, more personal record. Uh, your heaviest record, your whatever. This record is just us, for better or worse. I think if you love dark matter, if you love violent noise, this will be your favorite favorite record. Okay. But alternately, if Deceiver, Life Cycles, Real, even Empire, our EP, if those are your favorite records, mm-hmm. there are things in this record that, I mean, we know we pulled from. Now, they may accept that and love it, or they might look past and be like, no, it needs to be like this. All I can say is, like, love what you love. Don't, you know, if you don't like it, it's not for you. Sure. But this is us. This is where we're we're at, and uh, we're very proud of it, and it it is definitely the, the most ridiculously honest record of our career. Uh, I think we're at the point where we're not trying to speak in metaphors. Um, This is like real shit. Every member or at least one member has gone through everything that is on this record. Um, With the exception of one song, which is based off a movie. Um, Interesting. But an alternate perspective of a very classic big movie. Okay. Um, And I always wanted to write this song, so I'm very stoked on it. Um, But for the majority of the songs it just they're all different and we've been doing vip on this tour where you get to hear a portion of this of the record and every day people's favorite song is different for different reasons that's great and that's what we want the word alive to be 
look at us as our whole career, right. not one record, not one one song. Let a thousand people have their favorite song be this. Let ten thousand people their favorite song is this. But when you add all those people together, and you come see us live, mm-hmm. you'll feel connected in right. a weird, cool way. And so this record, I hope, really ties in every fan we've ever had and welcomes them back with open arms. And we do what we do, and hopefully they come see us do it. Very nice. Well, just going off of that a little bit, when you mentioned all the different tracks off of Violent Noise, you didn't even mention my favorite, which is Lonely. Lonely so, is sick. Yeah. So Lonely is an underrated song. I love it. Th- that is basically me and Tony's ode to Deftones. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, me and I Tony, I, I mean, Deftones are my favorite band. Yeah. Chester is probably my favorite singer. Sure. Has impacted me the most lyrically and vocally. Mm-hmm. But um, Chino and Deftones have impacted our band overall probably more. Interesting. Um, okay. Go back to real. Yeah. Listen to Terminal. Okay. All right. Sure. That's the first song I feel like really showed our Deftones influence. Yeah, yeah. And I love that song still. Oh, for Very sure. underrated. Uh, where I also feel like Lonely is an underrated song for us. I hope we get to play that song. I was actually a little bit surprised because I didn't know how popular it would be, so I didn't know if it would be in your set. But then at some point... For a last song and not a single, it's the number four or number fifth most streamed song off Violent Noise. Oh, wow. Um, So with everything that behind the scenes has gone on for it to be that, I think it speaks to that people just love that song yeah. and they've replayed it a lot or shared it with their friends. Right. Um, I love that song. I think more of our new record gravitates overall towards that. W- probably what you love about that song. Mm-hmm. It's encapsulated on this. Oh, record. very cool. So, okay. Now, did you, I'm wearing my from first to last shirt yeah. because I always, it's always something from first to last. And we talked about that a lot of the last time. Now, did you go back to Matt good for the new album? We did not. Interesting. Uh, we went to Eric Ron. Oh, okay. Um, right. Eric is off tour. Or, I mean, uh, t- when I'm on tour, tour, but uh, <laughs> he's one of my best friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, we met in 2013. I want to say in 2013 we started doing some pre-pro for real, and okay. I did some vocal pre-production with him. Um, where I was in LA, the guys were in Arizona. They sent me some songs. I was like, I want to like work out some ideas. He worked on some ideas with me, um, and we grew our friendship from there, from like just acquaintances to like very good friends. To like, yeah. he's literally I talk to him almost more than any other person in my life. Oh wow! Um, we were doing some writing sessions, bouncing around, trying different studios, just seeing like what vibe we wanted for a producer. Had a, a session with him in I want to say June of this past year, and everyone was like, "This is it. This is the guy." Which I internally wanted, but I didn't impress upon the guys. I wanted the guys to, to, make that to make that decision because as a singer, I think a lot of people like feel like I just say what I want and that's just what happens. Okay. And that's not how the word alive is. Um, I have very rarely ever pulled that card. And gotcha. I never pull that card when it comes to like the overall band. Um, so for this, Tony was actually the first one, which it, which is, What's funniest about that is Tony was the most against working with Eric Ron back in the day. Oh. Which he, he'll admit, he said to Eric, and he's like, it just didn't vibe. We were in a different place. Eric was a different producer then. We were not ready to be produced in a way that Eric is Eric's very real, very honest. Sure. Wants to get to know you on a personal level and produce from a place of like knowing you. Okay. Not just produce from a point of like, what's catchy? What's this thing? He's like, what's going on in your life? What, what's happening with you today? And then he brings that out of you in your takes and okay. in what you're writing, uh, which is really special, which is why I think he, you know, he just had his first gold record with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Godsmack. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and, and he has three gold singles, I think, from that record. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Godsmack has their own, like, thing. People are like, yeah, oh, well, it's, it's Godsmack. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, at the same time, he took a band that had been through it was massive that just wanted to be themselves mm-hmm. and he brought out the best in them for this and they're doing better than they've done in a long time. Well, for sure. He kind of took that approach with us and was just like, fuck everything you've ever done. Who are you? What do you want to do? What's your goal? What do you feel? And let's put that in music. That's awesome. Um, and so it was working great with them. 
and we created, I think, our best record. Um, that's no offense to Matt. Um, we just wanted a, we as a band needed something different. Right. We needed a change of scenery, and and that happens um, for sure with a lot of things. But definitely creatively, we're like we need to get out of Arizona. So the guys came to LA. We're in a great studio. We had days off on the weekends. Everyone's hanging out. It's friendship. It was basically this record was really built off friendship and reconnecting and That's talking great. about real things. Yeah. And and I think that shows in it. That's awesome. Well, look, I don't think you can sell that any better than you just did for sure. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not even trying to sell. No, no. Like I just we're honest. we're yeah. we're in a good place. We. You know, I, I told you off the record is some of the stuff we have going on in our personal lives and, and yet going through some of the things we are even on this tour, let alone throughout the last couple of years, we're growing closer and closer. That's great. And, uh, for a band that's been together as long as we have, like, I think that's the, the best part of being a band right. is that we have not only just lasted over 10 years, over five records, like those things, the little accomplishments we've had, um, the ultimately like they're cool, but they don't define you right for us the thing that defines us now is like are we going to rise above as friends and as a group mm -hmm. like and uh and we're we're doing it we're living it and we're trying wow so. no that's absolutely great well look i have taken up plenty of your time our last night is down there killing it, yeah I'm sure I, I want you to see it and i want to see it too oh so. no absolutely but i appreciate this time for sure this yeah. is always really great talking to you whether it was you know over skype or here in person <clears throat> been a lot of fun so we're definitely gonna have to do this again for sure of course but for sure thank you so much and i know so many people listening myself included are really looking forward to the new album and your solo material we didn't even get into that but we we'll, will we'll have an episode yeah. just on that we'll do we'll do that for yeah, future yeah. for sure but once again telly man thank you so much and safe travels and all the best to you and the band thank you so much